Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hey everyone, welcome to Elijah Streams. Today is Monday, May 1st, 2023. I'm your host, Kelsey O'Malley, filling in for Steve Schultz. Happy May. You know, Steve and the team are traveling all around Israel. And if you follow them on social media, you're kind of seeing the different spots that they've been in. I know Robin and Robin were baptizing in the Jordan River, Yvonne and her husband. Um, Steve is taking helicopter tours. The adventure team is hiking and camping and uh, doing Jeep tours. They're just having the best time. So here's a quick little snippet of what they're up to. We have a picture and a little video we want to play for you just to kind of let you in to what you get to experience when you go to Israel. Oh, that's awesome. And here's another picture from the Sea of Galilee. So they are out there worshiping the Lord, having the best time. We miss you guys, all the team. We love you. Uh, Continue to be safe. We can't wait to hear all the stories. You know, it's Monday, so we have Johnny and Loan with us for Johnny and Loan Filtered. Uh, can't wait to hear all the updates that Johnny has for us. His shows are always full of intel. They're exciting. Um, Johnny is always full of new insights for us, so can't wait to bring him on. But before we do, we want to thank you again for partnering with us as we dig freshwater wells all throughout Uganda. People's lives are being changed every single day. When you guys partner with us, um, you're really showing the love of God. So here's a quick video clip just to show you how lives are being changed. We are celebrating. Why? Because thousands of people cannot access clean water. And thousands have given their lives to Jesus because of the clean water ones that have been drilled. You are truly saving lives. You have no idea the peace of mind that she have brought to the mothers in these villages. Now, their young daughters don't have to travel alone for miles and miles to collect water. Instead, they can focus on school and family. Everyone is rejoicing and giving thanks. May God bless you all. Come with me as we go visit one of the mothers that you have impacted. Hello. Hey, I'm here with Pexon's family. Pexon is a mother of eight and she lives with some of her grandchildren. Before the new water wells were drilled in this community, they would walk two hours to the old water source to collect water. It was very hard for them. But now everything has changed because they now have a new water source. Because of you, the water source is just two minutes away from their home. Stories have changed. Thank you for being a blessing. May God bless you. We would like to say thank you. Yes, thank you so much and God bless you. If you guys want to partner with us, you can donate online at ElijahStreams.com donate or you can mail it in. Uh, we appreciate every small amount given. And I know the people over there are truly rejoicing and thanking God uh, for fresh water. 
So since it's Monday, you guys already know Johnny Enlow Unfiltered is our show for today. Maybe this is your first time joining us. Johnny Enlow has a passion for reformation of the seven areas of culture. Uh, he's an author, he's an international speaker, and he is a brand new grandfather. So let's welcome on Johnny Enlow. 1349 hours, declaring it a riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. Hey, Johnny, welcome to the show. Well, hello, Kelsey. Good to see you. Wow, we coordinated colors here without planning. It. There we go. <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly. We didn't plan this, guys. You know, the, the Lord loves to do that. Red is the color of the mountain of media and communication. So he has an important message to communicate today. Well, good to see you. I'm I'm happy to have you on. And you know, Johnny, the funny thing is right before we came on, you're like, let's address this because last show, it's every time I'm with you, we have to address something from the previous show. I think maybe controversy kind of follows the kingdom a little bit. So um, Andrew talked about the cloud of witnesses. And I think some people were kind of confused by that. They thought, well, is that speaking to the dead? if you're having any sort of communication with the cloud of witnesses. So can you just break that down a little bit more for those who are kind of concerned about that? Yeah. And for those who don't know exactly what that is. So Andrew Whalen was with me last week. Well, we three of the last four weeks, I think. And he talked about, I believe it was the last program last week um, about this individual, Mr. Miyagi looking character that he knew in real life, that there was an, uh, some encounter, I think 2000, 15 or 16, maybe 16, 2016, where this character came out of the cloud of witnesses and, but in a dream. So it came out of a cloud of witnesses and spoke to an important message. And so again, we have, I think 99.9% uh, positive um, comments and people excited. And then there's, and this wasn't really a negative one. They just thought it needed to be addressed. Is he mm -hmm. talking dead and doesn't that violate some kind of scriptural uh, commandment not to talk with the dead and so just so you know and this sort of answers everything just right there is that Andrew clearly stated then and I asked him again just to make sure um, all those encounters with anything to do with the cloud of witnesses um, and the people in the cloud of witnesses were dreams so if you have a dream or a revelation an open vision where it happens. It's not the same as talking to the dead. It's a message that's being conveyed to you through a means that's acceptable. And for those who don't know the term cloud of witnesses, I'll go ahead and take the moment to read uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse one. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So scripture is telling us that those who have gone before us, and you could say it even most specifically uh, relates to if you read Hebrews chapter 11, talks about all 
the heroes of faith that went uh, before us, Gideon and Barak and Nephthah, uh, Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets, etc., etc. So since we are surrounded by the cloud of witnesses, and obviously they wouldn't be all of them, they would be um, all of those who have gone before us that mm-hmm. believe in the Lord. And um, it, but it challenges us. It's amazing because it's it's encouraging us to be motivated by the fact that they are witnessing our run. They are witnessing what we have done. They yeah. kind of ran their, they ran their relay and they are now part of the the stands, if you want to say, the cloud of witnesses. And so this character came out of the cloud of witness, somebody who's observing, but not just observing because we are not really told that they're not able to participate in some way. So there's some orchestration organization from heaven's end. Um, we don't even have a, a grid for, you know, high, the assignment of angels and, and um, other high spiritual beings from our side, how that gets okay. together and how many and all that. We know there's interplay with what we're requesting, but there is a higher wisdom, obviously, from that. And so that's a, a, a quick explanation so that no one uh, feels like there's some uh, unbiblical talking with the dead taking place. Right. And the cool thing about cloud of witnesses, I don't know if you've ever heard the story from John Paul Jackson, where he was in Israel and he had an encounter where the Lord caught him up in Israel and brought him back to the times of David. And he walked the streets and he actually um, was telling people on the street that David was to be king. And when he got sent back to his body, he said, Lord, what what was that? What are you doing? And he said, you don't understand the cloud of witnesses, do you? And so even he, God brought him back. So he was, he, I mean, it's amazing what God could do. We can't limit God and what he wants to do. He's, he's over time. He doesn't, he's not constrained by time and he can do what he wants. So uh, pretty it, much. Yeah. With what you're saying there too, you know, we understand that it's particularly in the old Testament that was necromancy and talking to the dead prohibited and all that, but there is something was not available till Jesus Christ came and did what he did. And and that is to give us eternal life. You know, they didn't have access to eternal life in the Old Testament. Now, that may enter into a controversy, whole discussion for some people. But just think about it. Uh, eternal life is through Jesus Christ and through the blood of Jesus. And so um, all those who then come into the kingdom are are legally those who never die. And so they are forever alive. Yes. So love the world that he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, not life and stop. So none of us are ever part of the dead um, when understood from our our greater identity. So that's just another, um, you know, some something else to be aware of. And we have one one other question that uh, people were kind of wondering, and that that's because of, I I believe, your escalation eschatology type of view for the end times. And people want to know, do you believe that Jesus Christ is going to come again? Yes. And so that's a question that uh, is, you know, I'm going to say it's commonly repeated, but we know um, that you can't listen to every one of my programs. So I don't know if I know that you should listen to every single one of my programs. No, but if you did, there's some of the questions that come or are points that we re-hit on over and over and yeah, the word eschatology is a word for the end times, perspective on the end times. So brainiacs 
gave us a more complicated word so it's harder to pronounce so we could feel more sophisticated if we knew how to say it. But yes, I do believe Jesus will return again. So and the reason somebody might ask it anew and afresh is because of the perspective of in 70 AD, some revisitation of the Lord to society. It was in judgment uh, accompanied the raising R-A-Z-I-N-G of Jerusalem, the tearing down of the walls and, and the collapsing of the temple that took place in 70 AD. Things that Jesus spoke into in Matthew 24 and 25 it wasn't the only thing he spoke into some things he did speak for the future, but those were things he spoke into. And so uh, if you match them up with Old Testament scriptures of a return, some have said there is no other return of Jesus. Uh, that was the, that was the only one, the only other one left to do. And, um, and so I do believe there is another return, but this is a triumphant return. This is not, uh, this is not a return because we failed the plan of heaven. And so therefore he has to rescue us. There is, uh, I like to say, he's first coming to us to then come through us to then come for us. And sometimes we're ready for him to come for us before he's done the first two steps. So those are the things he's taking care of right now. And in that coming to us, Sometimes there are repeat visitations there. You know, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. This is something he does uh, not just one time. We know there was an Acts 2 fulfillment of that. There was early 1900s, a big one that was uh, had global ramifications. And so he continues to come to us and then he wants to come through us. That's the whole kings and priests to make us kings and priests that we participate in the greater thing he's doing. And then. In, in a way, we could say the very Christ that we are um, birthing, Christ in you, the hope of glory, he says, is the one that then there is a celebratory final return, wrap up, assignment accomplished, good deal. Uh, his bride has made herself ready. So hopefully that's clear, but I'm sure there's always another nuance to ask a question on there. Yeah, there's there'll be more questions, I'm sure, Johnny. I always have a list full of questions that we never get to. So there's there's many questions. But I'm just going to kind of let you get into it today because, you know, we never really talk too much about um, what you're going to share. So this is new to me, too. So go ahead and jump right into um, what's on your heart for today. All right. I want to... Um... Uh, it's really something else in a way is a, it's, it's not a question, but there's a request, an ongoing request or questions. First of all, what prayers did I did that were for this or for that and the other? And when I blew the shofar and there was healing because we had hundreds of testimonies from healing from different ones that we've done. And and I can't remember which program, um, you know, when you do an hour and a half or more for a few years, then it's just not it was not clear for me and i don't i don't i don't know that it's any easier for the staff there at elijah stream to find it so what i was going to recommend though speaking of uh, someone we've been talking to a bit about uh, praying medic he has besides uh, the, the 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 gifting and talent that he had to tell about uh the q posts and things that we addressed in previous times and there was a whole storyline from last week um, connected with Mr. Miyagi character as well that you will want to you'll want to hear if you haven't. He has a, you, you know that, that's his name is Dave Hayes, but he goes by his handle praying medic uh, for a long time, and he truly is he was a medic and 
he was praying for the sick, even while he was rescuing them and seeing miracles. And so the Lord has given him a bunch of prayers and specific prayers, depending on certain illnesses and ailments and really things to do with. I think he was announced, I'll say announcing on his social media um, recently prayers for, you know, recovery from vax injuries, um, long COVID. Those are, I think those are the things that people are asking about. And so I'm just going to tell you to go to, um, you know, I didn't talk to him about this and I don't even know how to refer to him. Praying medic. Uh, I don't know if it's prayingmedic.com. You can find him if, if you, if you look hard enough, but there are prayers that, um, that I have friends and family have said they're powerful and they've been touched by the Lord and healed. And so that's the testimonial he has from his own, I think it's telegram. Uh, on his, uh, his it might be on other social media, but telegram based. So just be aware that that's a service. That's something available. And I, I recommend it and um, there's good uh, fruit of it as well. And so if you can't find wherever we did something, we'll do it from time to time as the Holy spirit leads us as well. We'll keep addressing things that the Lord's healing and uh, blow the show far. And that'll be something else. But um wanted you to be aware of that. Those who are, are listening. So, <clears throat> You know, I actually have so much. If you could see my my desk in front of me, I have like six pages uh, spread all across me. My Bible and another notebook open here. And so, the Holy Spirit, thank you, Holy Spirit, for assisting us in sharing and conveying what's on your heart um, up for this time. And I'm going to a, a topic that um, we continue to hit upon, and I have announced that I will talk more about it. That's out of Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. And, you know, that was from, I think, two weeks ago. I said it's the most important message I've ever given. And um, really, it it lays out an entirely different narrative than what many um, many are fed through, we'll say, traditional denominationalism and other ways as well. So we have addressed those um some aspect of it repeatedly. And again, it's just hard to get all the information out that we need in one program. So it's just going to continually be that there are, there are little gold nuggets that we'll release from time to time. And so there's some more we're going to, we're going to talk. And I've actually, my pages that I have in front of me are from the book, opening the seven seals. I've told you that I haven't been, I I wrote in 2012. I haven't been given permission uh, to release it. And and so, but there are there are aspects and and things that I've written there that some today and some in our next programs we will be bringing them out as the Holy Spirit says it's okay to do do so, and it's it's only good news. Um, <laughs> there are there's you know some, there's intense good news sometimes, and so and and they're just things that kind of require uh, enough of a found a foundation of I, you know we have people who've been following us for a long time now. And so we feel like there's, we've built enough of the, uh, of the dough of the whole thing that we can put some of the, uh, you know, some of the, the tasties that go on top of them and, and they can be understood easily. Don't want to just uh, overwhelm with revelation. That's uh, too fanciful, but this is really exciting uh, revelation, I believe. But I wanted to sneak in before I got into that. This is just sort of a, uh, 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 that's uh, I put my hands out here. Nobody can see what I'm doing. But, um, <laughs> um, a, par- a parenthetical word from the Lord. And it's both a decree, a, dec- a declaration 
and the calling out. And, and I'm going to have to explain this um, a little bit because it's going to sound uh, simplistic when you hear it the first time. And then I'm going to explain it. And it's not so simplistic. It's calling on all Samsons. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. And calling on Samsons to do the right thing at this time. And again, I'm a, uh, it's a calling to certain individuals, and I believe there's going to be some of those watching. And, and, and I'm going to explain because it's not, yeah, Samson, we're super strong and all that, because that's not the full story of Samson. Those of you know, if uh, the story is in uh, the book of Judges, chapter 14, well, it really wasn't going to turn there. I'm going to try to just say it, and then you look it up later on, on your own. But the story of Samson, he's one of the judges of Israel. <clears throat> and of course, what he's famous for is the amazing strength that he had. There were certain restrictions on things he wasn't allowed to do. The Nazarite vow grow, growing up and his parents informed him of. And in that, <clears throat> you know, he was doing good, gaining great victories. Um, he'll talk about with the jawbone of an ass. He killed a thousand uh, Philistines and he was just having amazing victory after amazing victory. He took the gates of the city, the the, the ex- excessively, extremely heavy metal gates of a city, and he could carry them by himself. And whatever they tried to do, they couldn't, they couldn't stop. And they couldn't stop the strength that manifested through him. And so it wasn't even, it doesn't even lay it out originally as uh, a plan of the enemy to take him down. But it'll, um, I think I'm just going to, because it's so simple and better said there. Judges 14, chapter 1. I'm going to read that real quick. Okay. Now, Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. And it says he goes to his parents and he says, I want that woman. Um, so just take note of that one. Then if you go two chapters later, verse one of chapter 16, now Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there and went into her. Um, and then verse four, afterward, it happened that he loved the woman in the Valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. So Delilah was yet another one. So we see a problem. Here's a man with an anointing he has an original goodness and call and he's setting israel free but he's got a problem and so ultimately we find out he ends on delilah's lap and he ends out revealing his secret of his strength to her and the secret of his of his strength appropriately enough ultimately you know he deceives her for a while and tells her these ropes and he tells her these seven types of ropes and then he breaks them easily then he's like okay i have seven locks of hair and if you'll tie them this, but that wasn't it. But the, but it was, uh, he was getting closer and closer every time. He was close when he mentioned that it was seven. And he did that two times. And then when he mentioned the hair, it was a big deal. But then he revealed the secret that if his hair was cut, if the seven locks, if you read it, it doesn't just say if you got a bad haircut. But if the seven locks, this ties into the whole seven mountain message for uh, for those who want to just get an added bit of revelation with it. 
It is when we carry the full expanded kingdom message that we have the power to actually take the gates of the city. We're not just mm-hmm. content for a good meeting in church, but we're actually, because that's what he had authority over the gates of the city, as long as he had the seven locks. And so the 11, seven locks of hair, uh, each lock of hair represents the anointing, the power to be able to um, defeat the enemy in that sphere. And so ultimately he gets the, he gets them cut off and his strength, he says, then he was just like a normal man. Then they put his eyes out. Uh, the Philistines catch him. They they take his, they pluck, uh, pluck his eyes out. And then his hair begins to grow um, as he's in prison. And they bring him in front of their God, Dagon, in their temple uh, for some celebration, also to mock, uh, you know, the real God. And in there, he asks, there is a, a place where Samson says, Lord, would you give me back? my my strength one last time and let me bring these this temple down and so as as you read as you read the story um since i had my finger already open uh verse 26 of 16 then samson said to the lad who held them by the hand let me feel the pillars which support the temple so i can lean on them now the temple was full of men and women all the lords of the philistines were there and about 3,000 men and women on the roof watching while Samson performed. Then Samson called the Lord. O Lord, God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray, just this once. O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. And he took hold of the two middle pillars which supported the temple, and he braced himself against them, one on his right and the other on his left. And then he pushed with all his might. The temple fell on the Lord's, and all the people were in it. And here's this last line. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. So the the application here is this. There are people watching, or this is going to get to you, Mm -hmm. that you're a Samson. You, not maybe in the full literal literal physical strength that Samson had, but you, you were good. And you did good and you were a deliverer and you you represented righteousness. And uh, but you ended up in Delilah's lap and you ended up compromised. <clears throat> and in that, even your vision was taken out, your. Your ability to continue with the kingdom of God, whether it was real intentional kingdom of God or just doing good. And you find yourself now a shell of shell of yourself, who you were, and you've been blackmailed. You have been um, you have been put absolutely in restriction. If people found out the things that you've done that are wrong, being in Delilah's lap, some equivalent of that. So I read those three verses. You've been you've been somewhere that if people found out you would no longer be accepted. So you can't, you can't, in your own mind, you can't be one like Samson who can pull the temple columns and pillars down. But I'm telling you, you can. And I'm just saying, this is a time, there is a, there is a help from God for some of you to be strong and to do something that it, it's not, 
embracing a, uh, a it's not a death wish or it wasn't suicide that Samson did. He just knew he could die with it. But looking at his his way of processing it was like, I'm liable to die. That's fine. <clears throat> I need to I need to be able to do something that seals me um, as being really hero faith. Now, if he, if he didn't think that way, I was just in Hebrews and I was telling you about the cloud of witnesses. They specifically list in Hebrews chapter 11, Samson as being in the cloud of witnesses and being one of the heroes of faith. So we know that what he did, um, that extreme courageous act that he did late in life was credited to him for as heroism from heaven's standpoint. And he's part of the cloud of witness. And so cloud of witnesses. So, you know, this could apply. There can be a big scale of this smaller scale. Um, If you are helping to uphold a temple of Dagon, a temple of unrighteousness, and this could actually be in a church. Um, if you know that you are part of, of sustaining something and you're in a position, um, I'm just telling you the Lord's calling Samson's and, and I'm to call out Samson's. This is a time for heroes to arise. And this is happening all over this nation and the nations of the world. Um, it really is amazing the people who have strengthen themselves and become resistors and have risked everything in order to stop this controlling um, uh, Egyptian pharaoh thing that has been that is taking place that has been running the world in so many ways and so that is uh, that just I had that as a little uh, assignment that this is something um, I'm speaking to some of you there not many but some of you that there is the Samson anointing, an ability to do the right thing, and that your story can be told such as it was for Samson, despite all the great things he did when he's living his last act, his act of heroism, what he knew it would be exposing himself. He's there before all. They're mocking him. He's the one that fell to the prostitutes. We took his eyes out. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's no longer protecting your own self is no longer protecting uh, your own nobility, dignity, or anything. Legacy, it is just for him, for the kingdom, the right thing. And so um, let heroes continue to arise in that area. Main thing that's different, you know, there was Esther, we know the story, and she said also, if I perish, I perish. And which means if I die, I die. If that is too King Jamish for some of you. Um, if I, if I die, I die. And so she went and made her petition before the King. It's time for that, that kind of courage as well. She, she risked her position. She literally faced death as well. The difference between Samson is her, she wasn't compromised, but it still yeah. was, um, it, it was an act of courage. Yeah. And this is the time for the courageous to arise and the courageous in your righteousness. And some of you courageous in and getting um getting the last the last laugh against the enemy if we call it a last laugh because there's a joy we can be assured that samson was received in heaven and he was received with joy and again go to hebrews and he's called a hero of faith and he's called 
uh, one of those is part of the cloud of witnesses. So we understand how heaven records things. And that's what you want to take as priority is how heaven records you and not whether there could be some mocking done by the enemy here. So I wanted to give that word first. Yeah. And I think of Stephen, too, just as you were talking about Esther and Samson, how they were stoning. You know, he was he was telling the absolute truth to all the Pharisees, this the blatant, bold truth. And they're dragging him out, stoning him. And he's, you know, looking up to heaven and saying, you know, the the Lord's standing up ready to receive me. And like you said, he found the joy in being bold and telling the truth, even when he didn't have to. Another great, another great example. It really is time for that. Uh, it's really time for uh, the courageous to arise. You know, it's just, it's, it's just such a mark of a true believer is courage. Yeah. And we, the testing of this moment has really allowed for new things. Um, you know, I, I wasn't even going to bring it up, but Elizabeth, we should have my wife, Elizabeth, bring it up at some point, but she was invited to uh, she had been nominated for some award with um, mm-hmm. women in in Nashville, Tennessee, from the state of Tennessee, and she didn't even know what it was, but she got there and it was over a hundred women, oh, and man. they were a lot of them you would know, um, or some of them you'd know their names, and it's ones who had been courageous, particularly the last two or three years at resisting the agenda, being pro freedom, pro exposing the enemy. And and they got, she said, the room just got on fire. They went into intercession, praise, and it was, um, I'll let her, this is her story, but it was like, it, I'll just tell, I shouldn't tell about this group. It's, I think it's an organization called She Leads, and it's about women awakening and arising and, and the courage that they're, that they're, sh- they're showing in that. And this is, this is the opportunity of this moment while while things are in in the in the state that they are, it really gives an opportunity. You know, that's when heroes, David's mighty men. How did all those David's mighty men come? Because there's mighty enemies. You don't become a mighty man without mighty enemies, and you doing a heroic, courageous uh, job by arising and shining in the midst of that. So, um, just let that go out. Let that reverberate. Whoever is listening, wherever you are. There's some way you can step into the next level of courage. This is part part of what we've been talking about, even from last week, um, the authority of kings and priests. And we step into uh, decreeing. We step into, um, I think I laid it out in four different ways. Pray, decree, think, act in accordance with, uh, in alignment with the king, really, in his kingdom and all that. So speaking of that. So I want to go back a little bit to Revelation, we'll say four and five. We want to talk about the kings and priests. And so um, for those, I I like them to be able to stand on their own, even though I wish you would, uh, people, I think those who listen enough know that there's always a building and follow up on previous programs. So I'm going to um, read out of Revelation chapter four. I'm just going to revisit where the storyline is, where we've been, and then re-hit on some things where we said we'd go a little deeper and explain a little more. So this is the Apostle John in Revelation chapter 4, and he just says in verse 1, After these things I looked, and behold, the door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here. 
And I will show you things which must take place after this. And I explained how he actually went into time travel. We know it was time travel because he just says, I, immediately I was in the spirit. But then when he talks about the different places he was at, and, um, and there's a point where he was at, um, at the cross at Calvary, and, and then he w- went into the future. And so out of it, um, really, we get our storyline. We went to the end game of uh, Revelation chapter 11, where the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God. So we're telling you this is something that John's already been to the future and seen it. This is not if my people which are called by my name, this is going to happen. This is what was sealed and delivered by the blood of Jesus. There are things that are just exclusively in agreement between him and the Father. We read of that, Psalms chapter 2, ask of me and I'll give you the nations for an inheritance. It was actually the Father asking the Son. We're invited in on it, but that's the initial uh, storyline from Psalms chapter 2. And we know that the Son did ask the Father for the nations, and so that's what he shared. That's what he gave his blood, shared his life, shed his love, his, uh, he poured out his whole life and redeemed us, but he redeemed nations, and that was his um, that was his focus. It's individuals, but and nations as well. Nations are talked about not just as you know a conglomeration of people, but nations have their own identity as well in the eyes of of God and of the Son. And so he has asked for the nations, and this is something he's going to get because he asked. And it's not we cannot void it. We can only delay possibly in some kind of way, and it's the next generation or something, but it's going to happen. And this is something John saw. And so it was riveting. That's the storyline we um, we covered a couple of weeks ago as well. And that message that I say, if you look it up, it'll say my most important message ever. But I wanted us to um, uh, to note a couple of things. So, uh, well, you know, I think I'm going to have to read the next couple of verses just to make sure, because there's always going to be new ones with us. And, and so I'm like, OK, I don't want to have to do this, but it's not going to take that long anyway. So come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. Verse two, immediately I was in the spirit. Behold, a throne set in heaven, one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Part of it, we just, I, you know, I can't even read through this without just what that appearance is. Mm, amazing. The, the jasper and the sardius uh, stone. The jasper is a unique stone that has mainly known for the red. And, and so can you imagine you look at him because you're looking at the father and you're like, John, what do you mean he's like a jasper? So there's some red look. And then there's a sardius stone, which often is a many colored stone, <clears throat> but it's um, it's more of an opaque, opaque stone. And there's what their names mean and the connection. We, we won't go in there now, but we, we could in, the, in a future time. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald, like a rainbow, like an emerald. So we're talking about translucent lights and sounds, uh, uh, sounds. Uh, that you know bose couldn't begin i don't even know there's much higher sound systems right now but sound systems that you know you hear them through your body kind of deal it's like it just totally penetrates there's uh, the atmosphere is of heaven is designed to penetrate and and require 100 
maybe 110% activation of each one of your senses. Your senses were made to experience the throne room more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've often seen our senses as being enemies of ourselves, but they were ultimately made and designed to encounter who he is in heaven, in the throne room. And it's, it's going to be just every single one of our, uh, our senses on absolute overload. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. And if you, if, if you want to know why in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit broke in, they were, you know, Peter had to explain, these are not drunk as you suppose. Mm-hmm. And and why did they think he's, why did they suppose they were drunk? Because they were acting as if they're drunk. They were, um, you know, they, 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 they weren't, they look like they were a little bit dizzy and out of it and walking around and maybe falling over eat as well. And people like, you know, if you're very religious, it's like, then that's not it. The God I serve is a God of order. Um, well, the first thing that happened when the Holy Spirit opened up a channel over earth was disorder. And you look it up in Acts chapter two and said they were all confused and they asked mm-hmm. what. Is. So before order comes in, there is a confusion it has to disrupt what's our norm and bring in and bring in the new. But if if you don't like the idea, like if you've always been heavily opposed i'm never going to be spiritually drunk and just like laughing like an idiot don't go near don't go near the throne because that is what you're going to find around the throne room is people the ones that hang around there are totally so saturated with presence and glory that it overrides it 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 overstimulates their senses to a hundred times what alcohol does and so that's just reality so there's colors sounds um, smells fragrances lightnings thunders a full rainbow around the throne so if you want to ask yourself why the enemy would desire to take things that are around the throne room and distort them it's so his own church and body would throw out that which is a prized element and detail of heaven and so the rainbow is a prized detail of heaven it literally comes out of the father if you go to isaiah chapter six we're not going there this is just coming to me now isaiah saw heaven as well and there's some overlap in the things they saw but he said and there is a train which was like the extension of his robe that came from the father and it filled the whole temple so, and you're like, you want them, you, both of them, John, you're like, could you explain that a little more? And Isaiah, like, could you explain it? What do you mean his train filled the whole temple? Well, uh, the best I can think is, is from some who have shared with me is that from him comes really these seven colors, which are the seven spirits of God, which we'll read about. And it circles the whole hev- heavens, uh, the temple. Mm-hmm. Um, the throne room, whatever's around there, and it's all around. So it's not, it's not, there's not a half, it's all the way around is a rainbow. And it wow. speaks to who he is. It speaks into the seven spirits of, of God. It speaks into his capabilities. Once you understand the rainbow, you understand much more the story of Noah and how the sign in the heavens was a rainbow. That when I look mm-hmm. at the rainbow, 
I will remember my non-destruct um, policy because that's what it is. It's, it has his own NDA, you know, a non-destruct agreement from heaven. <laughs> that when he sees us doing what we normally do, which is sinful things, there is a part of him that could say, you know what, let me just start over again. And but she says, this time I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember these seven spirits of my because then we'll make this connection as well, because it says the seven spirits of God run to grow through the whole earth. So they're on assignment. They're on assignment to help sons and daughters of the king fulfill the assignment. And so um, for those of you who say, well, that just means he's not going to flood the earth, but he could destroy it in other ways. You know, that goes a little bit into your perception of who God is. And I I'm frequently say what you think about God is the most important thing about you. And for you to have a perspective of God that he's looking for legal. You know, avenues or excuses for how he can destroy us. And he's just, you know, no, the only thing I was taking off the table was killing you by flooding. But I might release a, you know, 15 scale uh, earthquake and take you out with that. No, no, no. It was a non-destruct clause, um, an NDA non-destroy agreement, and that it will never destroy the world with a flood, but you're not supposed to look at it with the emphasis of with a flood, because really, just think of it in the natural. You know, if someone promises you, says, I want you to know I'm going to, and the sign was so amazing, you know, rainbows mm-hmm. means exist before then. Like every time you see a rainbow means I'm not going to shoot you. I might stab you. I might electrocute you. It's just not special, right? So he's not going to take something that surrounds the throne. So when he says, when I see them, if you go read um, the, the Noah stories, when I look, when the father looks at the rainbow, he will remember he's not looking at our rainbows down here when they show up. That's what he sees all the time. It's a forever reality. There's a rainbow around his throne. It just lets you know he rules and reigns from a position of mercy and from a position of understanding that we're going to shine enough, but we're going to overtake and overcome even the weaknesses they have, even the enemy's ability to deceive them. So there's so much that's revealed to us just in this picture that John is talking about that I wasn't even going to go into, but it's just hard to move on from um, this. And, and, and that's without having the type of uh, experience in, in the throne room. Uh, I have not had a full throne room uh, experience. So you can imagine, um, you know, if you have an unveiled experience there, you would be one who would never want to uh, leave there at all. So John's there. And around the throne, 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. So I go ahead and um, I don't remember if I stated this a couple of weeks ago when I got there, but I don't think I did. The 24, why are there 24 thrones? And if you understand, it's around the throne. That lets you know there's 12 come in one side, 12 come in the other. That's just, uh, you know, we're still, you're not needing... um, you're not needing revelation, right? That's, that's common sense, okay? And so, and so there are different theories uh, on who the 24 are. And, uh, and I'm not going to be definitive, but I'll just tell you what I think they are. And from my understanding, my revelation. So the 12 has to do 
um, 12 is a number of government as well. And it's really the government of the Old Testament. And the government of the Old Testament was um, was expressed through the nation of Israel. And so it's the 12 tribes. There was 12 sons of Jacob. And the first covenant was originally made with Abraham. And so it, it, it goes into the Mosaic law and all that. So the Old Testament, the representatives. So I actually think that the 12, there are 12 individuals that function as elders and kings. And they are the 12 sons of Jacob. And, um, and so, and there is, you know, Judah and Reuben and Levi and all them. It has to be, um, if you understand even this, uh, I'll just explain. It says they're clothed in white robes. I really, I don't know if we've gone into this Holy Spirit. Help me pull this one out. Right. The clothed in white robes. If you connect that with other scriptures to be clothed in white robes had to be someone who was an overcomer on earth. So for those say who, they can't just be angelic beings who have never lived on earth because the white robes are only given to those who have been overcomers on the earth. So That's it has to be point. Yeah. So that has to be, that has to be human. And, um, and they've been given the authority. They have crowns of gold on their head. And so then if that's for the old Testament, for the, the original covenant, the new covenant brought in by Jesus, but then he appointed 12. And so these would be his 12 apostles that now have a ruling position in heaven. And it would mean that they didn't have one uh, um, um, before then. And, and I'm not going to, I didn't see these in first person or anything. It's okay. more combination of study, insight and all that. So you don't have to go with that one. It's not as strong as other things uh, I get. And it's, and it doesn't tell us who, who they were, but I believe we'll, we'll right. find out. Um, I believe we'll find that out. So, Back to the scripture. And from the throne, verse 5, proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. So before the throne, there are seven blazing lamps of fire, and they are the seven spirits of God. So you have a rainbow with the seven colors comes out, and we're having this, this repeat of the number seven, and we actually, there's a multiple repeat of the number seven and the number 24. And 24 7, you understand those numbers, what they mean for us here on earth. 24 7, if something's happening 24 7, it's happening all the time. And we're, what gets established as you read and look into what's taking place around the throne room, and even in the, in the numbers that are expressed there, is that heaven and the throne are all about earth. Earth is the attention point. Everything that's happening here, you know, there was uh, that was an original belief um, hundreds and hundreds of years ago that the Earth was the center of everything. Then supposedly we became we became um, you know upgraded in our thinking and figured out no, the Sun is the center of it all. And and so, but there's um, the, the I, I don't even have time to go into that whole discussion and all that. But there is a revisit. I'll just tell you, heaven's attention, without going down, I, I just kind of planted some seeds of doubt there on some things people were thinking. I'll just leave that there. But you have to understand, heaven, heaven, where our God rules and reigns, where his throne, everything is about earth. And it, was, and it tells me that in all the terminology, everything about it, uh, the numbers, the colors. And so we'll keep going. The elders that are around the throne are those who ruled uh, 
who had an important position here on earth before. And so seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. So it's a sea of glass. So it's, uh, it's, you can see through, it's transparent. And so they're, what are they looking at? They're looking at that sea of glass has them access to look into what's taking place on earth. Uh, and that's, again, part of the ongoing uh, picture from the throne room that tells you its connection to what's taking place here. And I'm saying that because there is this idea that we have other planets elsewhere that where there's more priority that Earth is just this tiny little thing on the side. And what in the world makes us think this is so important, this and that. The other, we're not even a speck, a speck of a speck in our own galaxy. And there's all these galaxies. And so now we have, we have let it go to our head and we're just one of many. No, the Earth is the center. This is where Jesus, the Son of God, came and gave his life. This is the only planet that has the blood of Jesus shed on it. This is the only planet that has the blood of God, of the God of the whole universe. This is the only planet where he has uh, brought that sacrifice of redemption. This is where he lived and walked in the flesh. There is no other planet that has that story. So just for those that were starting to invite new theories, I just quickly will speak into that. So there are four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. We talked about these Four living creatures, one's the lion, one's the calf or the ox and the man and the flying eagle and how they were four representations of the gospel as well. So, again, it's telling us this Jesus walked on the earth. So he is presented as the lion king in Matthew. He's the calf, the ox, the son of the servant of God. He's as so he's first presented in Matthew as king in Mark as servant. And then as man, he's the son of man is what comes out in Luke. And then he's the son of God, a flying eagle in in the gospel of John. But again, it's making this connection again. Don't miss out on this. Heaven, earth, heaven, earth, heaven, mm-hmm. earth. What dominates presently there, what is what is there is 24 elders who walked here. There is the four living creatures that are representative and connected to the presentation of the gospel of Jesus having come here. So we want to we want to get this amazing, magnificent connection between heaven and earth. And it says the four living creatures, verse eight, each having six wings. I'm going to have to follow. I can get into Revelation moment and I could have two hours go by. So I just going to keep looking at the clock. I just realized I better do that. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, holy, holy, holy Lord God almighty, who was and is and is to come. So it tells us that there are four living creatures, each have six wings. If you do the math, four times six, it means there are 24 wings. So there are 24 crowns, 24 elders, 24 wings, and then the sevens are everywhere. Again, 24-7 is the connection that's taking place everywhere. And then it says, whenever the living creatures, verse 9, give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lived forever. And they cast their crowns before him, saying, worthy are you, Lord, to receive honor and pray, glory and honor and power. You created all things and by you do they exist. OK, <clears throat> I had to repeat more than I wanted to, but it's worth doing it. You, you just it's never a waste to repeat Revelation uh, four and five in the oh. in- <laughs> can't read a, it enough seriously <laughs> can't read it enough so this is where it further connects to earth 
And again, we talked about some of these things uh, uh, quickly in, in some way a, a couple of weeks ago, and there's particularly a couple of points I want to have time to establish here. And I saw this is verse one of chapter five. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. And then a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals. And no one in heaven or on the earth, under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth. This is part of John's time travel. He went and he, he, he saw every possible scenario of who could be the one that comes and is worthy to open the seals. And he, no one was found. So verse four, so I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. Now, this is this is one of the points I wasn't able to make. Or if I did, I threw it out so quick. I was thinking 90 percent of you won't won't get it. Um, because what we want to cover in a brief in a brief way is how the seven seals are not what people thought it was. The seven seals are not this progressive revealing and unveiling of coming judgments. Yeah, I just said that. And so, but what what I, we want to look at the details here. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is worthy to open the scroll and loose its seals? And so it, we want to get the order of things. And I have the terrible, I should have done a better, um, just pretend this is, okay, this is a scroll. Mm-hmm. It has seven seals. I, I put one and then I was just like, I'm going to do this with a pen. So it's sealed, pretend like they're wax, you know, that would be like a wax seal or whatever it is. And so this is the scroll. And so the father, literally, this is a picture to get. The father has been holding this since the garden, because in the garden is where man lost authority. Mm-hmm. The son of man came to regain that which was lost. What was lost was authority. He wasn't just coming to gain those that were lost souls. Something was lost in the garden. Mm-hmm. When Lucifer came in and deceived, when the serpent deceived Adam and Eve, they had so been given the earth he gave to the sons of men. Mm-hmm. So the, he gave to the sons of men and they lost the deed to it through their sins. Mm-hmm. And so that's why in Luke four and in Matthew four, when Jesus is being tempted by Satan, Satan says, bow down before me and I'll give you the kingdoms of this world and their glory. Cause he knew the scroll said the kingdoms, he's a liar, but he wasn't lying on this point. Cause even though, he has creator's rights over it. There was a legal clause because he had, you say, how did God trust men like this? Well, he's got the plan figured out. He was a lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. And so they lost the deed. He gave it to men. Lucifer is like, oh my goodness, I'm going to get this whole thing so easy. These, these are... Um, you know, this is this is like stealing candy from a baby, getting these guys to sin. And so he, he got that. So but once you understand what what they're crying about, what's being addressed, what John's crying about, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? So notice the order of that. Who mm-hmm. can open this and loose the seals? That's not how this works. It's like. Why didn't he say who is worthy to loose the seals and open the scroll? Mm-hmm. Okay, that this is where it takes just a moment of uh, 
thinking, but this is going to go into making more sense out of chapter six on when it talks about opening the seals. Because mm-hmm. if you understand, and this is what I want to make sure I get super clear and say it just one time. And if I'm not making sense, you need clarification. Kelsey asked me, because this, this is, this is good. I was sharing a couple of weeks ago. I said, the scroll is good. The seals mm-hmm. are bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, The scroll is history and destiny. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now, back to the show. And and so it's a history scroll of God's storyline and destiny. And the father for thousands of years, up till Jesus on the cross, until he was the spotless lamb, he is holding it. And it tells us that not just is it there and he's in the corner and trying to keep it, you know, under wraps, but the father, the in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, the father, a scroll written inside and on the back, written on the inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals and a strong angel. They didn't get the wimpy angel uh, with the weak, sweet voice. No. A strong angel with a loud voice who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals. Okay, open the scroll and loose its seals. Mm-hmm. And the reason John is weeping so much, the re- reason he's, uh, y- you know, he cannot be consoled here with what's taking place is because he realizes in his way of processing this can never be undone. This cannot be undone because what has to happen is somebody has to go into the scroll and undo something that's been done in the scroll before these can even be knocked off. It's not take the seals off. It wasn't, Uh it wasn't that he was worthy to open the seals in this kind of way. He had to loose us from the contents of the loss of authority. See, there's a Greek word that helps us understand here. Let's see if I got it right here. You got to find it in your 10 pages of notes, Johnny. <laughs> I really do. In order to say it right, there's some things you have to say right. And I, I know I said it best in my, in my, in my writing. So. All right. Where did I have that right here? I'm going to say it in my own words, if not, but then that would be the, um, okay. So here it is. A scroll written again. Let me get my poor scroll inside in the back. Mm -hmm. There is no reading of the scrolls that takes place until the seals are open. So. When you read 6, 7, Revelation, all these things, and you hear about the white horse and everything else that's taking place and all that, none of that is happening. Uh, none of those, again, just to jump ahead, uh, Revelation 6, 1. Now, I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals, mm-hmm. and then I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, come and see. And I looked and behold, the white horse. When you're hearing that story right there, uh-huh. it's telling He's not reading the scroll, right? 
He's just removing one of, well, he will remove one of the seals. He's just removing one of the seals, and that's the first one. So you are not hearing the scroll. The scroll is the original plan and destiny. And so he is, uh, what he has to do is figure out how to go into the scroll, how to go into the scroll of humanity. Mm. And to undo what was taking place. Where we're headed with it is, uh, you know, we read in um, uh, in chapter 5, back to Revelation chapter 5. And it says in verse 6, And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne of the four living creatures, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as though it had been named, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent into all the earth. Now, just stop for a moment on that again. The lamb has seven horns. He has all power for these seven areas of society. And he has seven eyes. He's all seeing and all powerful. That's who the lamb is. And that's what he came to do. But he had to undo. There's a horn for every one of the seals. So he has to break the power of seven seals. And so... Uh, he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him, him who sat on the throne. I mean, you just imagine being in heaven for this. This is Jesus after he did what he did on the cross. And since the garden, the father's been holding this. And there's an angel saying, who is going to reverse what's taking place? Who's going to gain back the authority? Who's going to loose us from the deprived authority? Because that's really what it meant to loose the scrolls. It meant that there was authority that we were deprived of that needs to be brought back. That's why the son of man came to save that, which was lost, not just those that were lost. And he took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Uh, and again, these seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. So you heard, you heard that there are seven blazing flames of fire. We read, which are the seven spirits of God, but it also yes. tells you the seven eyes are the seven spirits of God. So the seven mm-hmm. eyes and the seven blazing flames of fire are the same seven spirits of God. It's the bi-dimensional work that he's doing. So he simultaneously is around the throne, seven, the seven spirits or the seven blazing flames of fire. But they're also the seven eyes of God. They have an on earth assignment. So it says mm-hmm. that again, the seven spirits of God are sent out into all the earth. They're not sent out to all the planet, all the planets, all the galaxies. The constant right. you know, the universe, these are for earth. So the reality of what's taking place right around the throne is the reality for earth. And so he's looking, we know from Second Chronicles 16, 9, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth, looking for who will align with his storyline, who will work with him as kings and priests to bring the authority of heaven to earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Everybody with me? Yeah, I hear it all the crowd there. No, just kidding. <laughs> so when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll. Okay, see that? You had to be worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. It was for that as well. For you were slain and you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tongue and tribe, etc. And have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. The essence of the new song is we reign on earth. We got back what was lost. The seal, 
able to get it. The scroll hell was a legal document. It was a mm. legal document that says we cannot be kings and priests on the earth. We could not be kings and priests on the earth until Jesus did what he did. Amen. Because it says he hath made us kings and priests. That's what we just read, right? Mm-hmm. I looked and have made us kings and priests to God. The lamb that was worthy. And to be worthy, yes. you had to live to age 30. You had to be a mature human being. That was even in the original Hebrew. It was to age 30. So he had to overcome all sin. He had to be sinless. He had to be the spotless lamb for the age 30. And then voluntarily give his life. And in giving his life, he then provides for redemption for us all. So we do have access to heaven. But that's it wasn't just so we can, you know, he's not just populating heaven. That's a part of the storyline we're saying over and over. There is an assignment of glory on the earth that Mm. has to be fulfilled in the celebration, the new song. What everything right around the throne, the seven spirits around the throne, the rainbow around the throne that's repeated on earth, every all the symbolism, reality, colors, smells, sights, animals, everything that's around the throne has prioritized the kingdom of God showing up on earth. That's part of what we're trying to trying to get to in a in a simple way. And they're singing uh, this new song. Okay, now just to um, uh, twerk your mess with your mind or something a little bit. So back to verse four of chapter five. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. Mm -hmm. Why was no one worthy? Because you had to be sinless. So I told you it was time travel. He looked at all the heroes of faith. He looked at the great man of God. He looked at, you start with, okay, who were God's friends? Abraham, Mm -hmm. Moses, whose face shone, David, all the prophets. And it's like, they all had sin. Nobody's going to do it. He saw the future. Nobody's ever going to do it. And he looks into heaven and it's like, it has to be a human. It has to be a human. It has to be blood. It has to be yeah. the blood shed of a human. And there's no way. And that's the brilliance of the incarnation of that's where the the, the risky plan of heaven came to be where Mary is visited by the Holy Spirit. She says, be it unto me according to your word. And so you have the divine comes into humanity, goes into the scroll. So it has to go all the way into the scroll. And that's where he's born. And that's where even, I want to tell you that Satan understood that that's what was taking place. So when he heard, because he, here's two things that Satan, you know, he's, he, he's an observer and mm-hmm. he, I don't know if he still has access, but we know from the book of Job, he would have access to go into heaven and listen to some things that he hasn't Mm -hmm. been banned and he may be banned now. But if around the throne for thousands of years, you have the father holding the scroll up and an angel saying the reason he's holding that up is we lost authority in the garden. Who who will get it back? Who will get it back? And so Mm -hmm. he knows Lucifer knows Satan knows that that's an objective of heaven. And then number two. Mm -hmm. He knows who are the heavy hitters of heaven. And when he sees Gabriel come and visit Mary, and before then, even the whole birthing of John the Baptist, he's like, Gabriel's not here for tiny business. He's here for something. So he knows. And so as soon as he, but he's, he's counting on 
on people with some revelation. So you have even the shepherds and the wise men, and, the, and, he, and he begins to hear um, that he's supposed to be born uh, on, mm-hmm. on earth. And so he's like, oh, so they're going to combine. So the divine is going to connect to humanity. Uh, and he's like, okay. So it's Kill it all the babies. You got it. He moved upon Herod for all mm-hmm. the babies to and under. That's a satanic attempt to stop what he sees coming. And then he's not able to stop it. So there's Jesus now at 30, but he's not started his ministry. Satan's like, he hasn't done any miracles. He's 30 years old. There's no miracles. What's going on here? And that's when he goes into the wilderness and and, and Matthew 4 and Luke 4. Mm-hmm. And then he tells him, he says, listen, he takes him to a high mountain, shows him the kingdoms of this world and their glory. And he says, these have been given to me. He wasn't in line. That's what the father was holding. These have mm-hmm. been given to me. And he says, I'll give them to you. I know you come for it. I know heaven is after not just souls being saved. Heaven is after the rule and reign of heaven on earth. And so he's like, bow down before me and I will give it to you. Well, part of the process we haven't probably thought of is that mm-hmm. Lucifer and Jesus very likely were friends for millennia because Mm -hmm. Lucifer was good for a long time, maybe millions of years. Mm -hmm. And, and he knows who Jesus is, who the the word is. And he's Mm -hmm. like, he knows he's asking God to bow to him. And if he asked God to bow to him, then it's over anyway, because they've bowed to him. So, you know, the whole storyline just gets more and more majestic as, as you think through what's, what's taking place. And so yeah. he tells him the bow and he's like, no, I'm not going to happen. I'm not going to tell you the plan either. Uh, it doesn't happen exactly the way I said, but, you know, get behind me, get, get lost, Satan. And he didn't know that the line, because he knew he's a line, because it tells you even the four faces of who he mm-hmm. is that are in the living creatures. One of them isn't the lamb because he's the lion, but he came as the lamb and he mm-hmm. came as the lamb and he gave his life and he's satisfied the legal writing in small that apparently Lucifer wasn't reading, you know, the small writing that, that in legal documents, it's all very legalese, but it was a legal document that said, you know, in order to be worthy, you had to be one who had overcome sin in the flesh. That's why Jesus was not trying to get people in the book of Matthew specifically. He was like, no, this whole thing has to be fulfilled. It did not mean that forever and ever he's saying everybody needs to be a legalist with the law. And that's a whole nother conversation I know. But he was trying to let everyone know, no, I will fulfill it, the law in the original way it was said, not the 900 and something additions that the Pharisees made right. to it. Right. But he says, I can fulfill it. I will do it because I am from the heart uh, motivated to fulfill what these things were trying to signify. And so. This is this is this is the storyline we are um, invited to to comprehend and understand. And in it, it helps us understand. Again, this is not just revelation to be head knowledge and to get a uh, to be heady because it goes into what we contend for now. If we understand what the passion of the throne room has been and was and earth and earth being filled with the glory of God. Habakkuk 214. It's why a prophet would say. The whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. This is end game. That's the end game I've been championing out of the book of Daniel, uh, chapter two, chapter seven, that he saw 
Jesus come and he was the cornerstone that devastated the beast that was here. And it destroyed into pieces every resisting kingdom until the kingdom, the king and his kingdom filled the whole earth like a mountain. That's out of, mm-hmm. we've covered that before. Again, I can't cover everything. Daniel 2, Daniel 7 is just the quickest way I'll say it right now. And so Daniel 7 spoke of when there had been a court order in heaven that it was time for the kingdom to be turned over to the saints. That is what has happened now. It's part of the third day shift and change. Hosea, another prophet, 6-2, says two days, uh, after two days, he will raise them up. The third day is when they will fulfill assignment. We just entered the third day. It's the third millennia as, as well. But this is what was seen even from uh, we were being reminded. I saw a gavel on the beach when I was walking the beach in January this mm-hmm. year. At the same time, Bobby Connor was seeing the gavel. It's to signify the day of the saints is here. The time for the kingdom to be turned over to the saints as kings and priests. And mm-hmm. and I don't. And so kings and priests uh, were called kings and priests, not wrestlers and boxers. Um, and just let that you know go around in your we wrestle not against flesh and blood it says so kings and priests are about court proceedings legal mm. proceedings satan is very legalistic and everything he goes after with us he goes after legalistically every bit of damage he's done he does on earth he has to ask permission but he'll present his cases that he has legal right and basically our sin gives him legal right to do stuff and so mm. That's why we have to have we have to have a lamb who you can say, yeah, we failed, but let your blood cover this situation. That's the authority of priests. A priest has the authority to ultimately remove the guilt from any party, from any person, any nation, any situation who will bring it to the throne of grace to find that grace in time of need. So that's what he's saying. He has made us kings and priests. We're not wrestlers or boxers because it's not about physically being able to outdo anything. It's about mm-hmm. presenting uh, our case. It is it is understanding the legal right. And so, but then we, you know, after getting the legal matter settled, we then have to occupy. This is where I want to connect a little bit of the courts of heavens with the seven mountains. And 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 because there's books on the courts of heaven and there's some like, well, we can just legislate it all. We don't actually have to do what you say. We don't have to show up on the seven mountains. I'm like, I just want people to understand how these things work together. Um, mm-hmm. Because um, they were told, you know, in, in Joshua, everywhere the sole of your feet treads, that's what I've given you. Not just mm-hmm. what you clear, declare or decree. It's everywhere you show up. Say nine to five world, seven mountains, wherever you show up, that's what I give you. Whatever you'll take as possession in that kind of way. So well, with the, he's not coming to die. We're not waiting for Jesus to return again in order to have this authority. He's not going to die again. He's already did it. He's already done it. He's already mm-hmm. It's it's a uh, uh, something already accomplished. So he just lacks sons and daughters of the king who understand who he is, what he did, who they are in that narrative. They're kings and priests. They're two levels of authority that you we carry. And so we bring eviction notices. We bring eviction notices to the enemy through decree, decrees, declarations. You know, prayers to make sure you understand everything going around it. Then you make the decree, the declarations. He has to be ordered out of everywhere. This is what people are rising and shining to right now. But then you build the kingdom. Mm. Okay. 
you build the kingdom model to, uh, you know, imagine there's a, a, a legal court fight over whether a certain property is yours and, and you win in court. Yes, you won. Yeah, they, was, they were trying. It's yours. Yay. Is that where it ends? No, that now means you have a right to build. Mm. That's where courts of heaven versus next stage. Yes, let's get the right to do something. Then we have to build. We have to build the kingdom model, his way of doing media, his way of doing education, his way of doing arts and entertainment, his way mm-hmm. of doing government, et cetera, et cetera, on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven has all of these. Heaven has education, has government, arts and entertainment. All the seven mountains are realities that exist in heaven. We saw that. That's why the throne room has the seven spirits that looked mm-hmm. on the earth to bring the realities of heaven on earth. There's a seven colored rainbow that goes around. So these are realities that we are bringing here on, on earth. On earth. So now we build the structure. So I'm hoping just in that quick presentation, people see, okay, mm-hmm. seven mountains or courts of heaven. Courts of heaven, you're on, yes, it's about legal matters. We are kings mm-hmm. and priests. You don't have to do the heavy lifting, but kings and priests, then you release the freedom in order to build structures, kingdom structures on earth. Uh, um, and so, all right, let me look at, okay, I'm going to have to, I'm going to spit out because I promised it. And that's what people, some are wanting. Okay, how how, how are the seals, uh, um, you know, how are they not bad? How are they not bad? Well, I've just, this is part I'm going to have to finish with this and leave whatever else for our next, for our next program. So how, how is it not bad for these seals to be open? If you understand the storyline that I've just telling you about mm-hmm. and you, how heaven rejoiced, they sang a new song. Uh, the, I won't uh, go back to reading what I did a couple of weeks ago, but the angels broke out millions upon millions and billions and zillions of angels. And there's a celebration in heaven because of what Jesus has done. The father no longer is holding the scroll. Why would they celebrate? Why would this be such a big deal? Why would John be weeping if the next stage is horrors and horrors and a third died and then a quarter died? And then because that's if you just read the seven seals for those who, who, who don't know, you know, cosmic disturbances, a great earthquake, mm-hmm. the sun become black as blood, the moon like blood and stars of heaven fell the earth and uh, um Etc. 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 So there's like death and devastation. Like, uh huh. I'd rather him just keep holding on to that. Well, those are the seals. Those were representative of the lost authority. So when you get to Revelation chapter six and it begins mm-hmm. to reveal, and it says he opened it. He's letting you know what the enemy has been doing on each mountain. Oh, interesting. It's what he's been doing on each mountain and no longer has legal right to do. Oh, wow. I've never heard this perspective. This is what's my whole book I have that I haven't released. So I'm going to just throw this out and maybe we'll go through, maybe we'll go through all, all seven at some point uh, or we might have. Yeah, to well, use- next week, week, we'll pick right back up on yeah. this, go through the seals and you can share more. Share the idea. First, so that there's no confusion. So it says the lamb opened one of the seals. And then you'll see, for instance, come and see. And I look and behold a white horse. 
Now, what's amazing about the seven seals, they're exactly in the exact order of worthy is the lamb to receive power. Let's see, what's the order we have it in? I have that chart. I shared it. Power and wisdom and it ends in blessing. Um, all right. It's 512. Okay. Worthy. Uh, yes. Revelation 5 to worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And I mm-hmm. shared. Uh, and this is what we teach with our seven mount stuff to receive power from government, riches from the mountain of economy. That's pretty understood. Wisdom, mountain of education, strength, mountain of family, honor, mountain of religion, glory, mountain of arts, entertainment and blessing, mountain of media. And you go, how does that work? Well, that word blessing is a Greek word, eulogia, which means the bit, the good news to extract the positive of what's taking place. So here's the deal. Every one of those seals is opened in the exact same order. So this first one, I, I already laid out this particular, uh, um, the order of things, I think, in our message from two weeks ago. Worthy is the land to receive power, the mountain of government. So who mm-hmm. is creature on a white horse? It's Lucifer. It's Lucifer himself who's been um, operating on the mountain of government. And he's in that white horse. There is the enlightened one. If we even go to the word white and light and Lucifer, there's a connection there. Again, we may, once we get into, we we will go through as much of those as possible. But for instance, the end, the number seven is, and there was silence in heaven for a half an hour. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Okay, Mm -hmm. that's on the mountain of media. The first thing you have to do to take back the mountain of media, you have to shut the mouth of the enemy what he's been doing he's been censoring us he has to be censored that's how he gets removed his authority you go to the one that represents arts entertainment which is the one um uh, the sixth seal and it Mm -hmm. says and i saw the stars of heaven fall to the earth Mm -hmm. and then it says the sky receded as a receded as a scroll when it's rolled up like a screen these are Hollywood picture, uh, the pictorials that we are being given. It's explaining what has been ruling and reigning. And if you go into the one people, when do we, when do we get a third of those that die? There was a third or a quarter of them uh, die. That corresponds with the mountain of family. That's what he's been doing. Satan has been killing a fourth of individuals through mountain of family, through abortions, through suicide through all the ways he's, that we're finding out even his agenda. So the seven seals, they're all bad. Every one of them, when he opens them, he's letting us see, he's letting them see, this is what he's been doing for all these thousands of years till now. And you are now kings and priests. Go stop him. He has zero legal right to keep doing that. He had legal right the entire Old Testament. Wow. No one had been found worthy to change the game, but it's a game changer, but it's, it, it, it doesn't, it's not worth, let's see how to say this in a better way as we close. Can you imagine the shame, the, man, that's not even the right word. You'll help me with the right word. What I'm going to, what I'm going to say, what I'm going to say. If he came to give us that type of authority and he went, to the trouble 
of laying down his life, the perfect son of God experienced the mocking, the death, the everything he experienced on earth to, to stop him from doing all that. And for his sons and daughters now to be running with a narrative, I hope Jesus comes and rescues us and saves mm-hmm. us from all this. He already saved you from it. So he's now looking for those who are kings and priests to arise and shine with who he has. Give the eviction orders to hell, the eviction orders to Satan. To de- That's why decrees and declare- declarations become so powerful. If you understand mm-hmm. who you are, the storyline, what took place, the, the again, the perfect image to remember is David showing up on the battlefield and saying, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And everybody's like, wait a minute. They've been there a long time. That's the, that's the Illuminati. That's the Rothschilds. Man, they're bad people. They're, oh, really? This is his. And he has defied the armies of the living God. And he ultimately, he saved the whole nation with a stone this big. It's yeah. like, well, that's it? That, that, that guy's so bad? Let me see what's the smallest thing I can take this guy out with. And so mm-hmm. a stone. A little stone, there's the stone that the builders rejected, can be any size you want as well. And so he takes them out. So this is why knowing this stuff, this heady revelation, getting, uh, it, and it's just so clear. It's, it's clear once it's revealed for 20 years, I couldn't see it. When the Lord started revealing to me, it began to be clear. We have to understand we are not waiting for seven seals to open and all these destructions. It's not happening. Mm. Well, it is happening to the degree you keep letting it. That's the deal. Mm. To the degree kings and priests allow stuff to go on, it keeps going on, but not because it was written in the Bible, not because it's written in Revelation. It's because you didn't understand the storyline. Heaven would not be celebrating, and we shall reign on the earth if it then just shares mayhem and mayhem and death. It didn't look like reigning, did it? Why Mm. would they be celebrating we're reigning on earth if then it's just mayhem on earth? Because it means we now get to stop that stuff. We now get to uh, inter, inter, interject. And then it was understanding that on the third day is when we'd finally get it. That's why we're just now getting it. On the third day, we would have a pulse for two days. But on the third day, 2,000 years after Jesus was around, is when we finally get that this is what we're all about. So this is what we're awakening to now. This is why we need all the courageous ones. And we need, whether it's your Samson call, Esther, Daniel, Stephen, um, we need to rise up with boldness. We have to step fully into being kings and priests to our God. Oh my. (laughs) And there's like, I don't even, I'm not even going to click on the comment section because I guarantee there's so many things for, just because like you say, Johnny, there's so much to cover. And if you go into just one aspect of this teaching, it can, you can expound on many, many things. So we're we're definitely going to pick up if we, if the Holy Spirit leads you that way next time. So you can kind of even break it down more. But before uh, we end today and wrap up, Um, Would you just pray for those, especially um, for boldness and for courage, or even those uh, Samsons that the Lord kind of revealed to you, the Samsons that are watching, um, would you just pray for those people right now before we end? Yes, and I was looking around, I was supposed to have, so there is a book just released in the last week called Declarations in the Desert Mm -hmm. by um, Tara Sierra Mosley, and um, 
she's like so, spiritual daughter for Elizabeth and I in some ways, even though she's already she's pastor her and her husband pastor church here and they have a an apostolic work in Uganda and all that. But she just released yeah. something so anointed in her in her declarations. And they're from her own walk and, and trouble and struggles and and I say by troubles and struggle. She has four little kids, and then her husband was mm-hmm. facing death in, in the hospital and oh, wow. told her how to decree and actually tell the doctor to hush his mouth saying the things he was because God was about to do a miracle, and he wasn't supposed to live through the next hour or two, and they walked out of the hospital before the end of the day with oh, a, hallelujah. a ruptured um, uh, esophagus fully. Uh, they have the before and after x-ray uh, fully oh, healed. Restored. But it shows there's there's something it, this ties into and he has made us kings and priests to our God. And I was going to read one and you'd know how anointed they were. But I, I forgot to I forgot to bring it. But Elizabeth just did an interview. My wife, Elizabeth, just did an interview on someone you should know. And then I think it's um, declarations in the desert dot com. And mm-hmm. this will be a tool for all of you because she lists them uh, a declaration for cancer, a declaration for okay. um, Everything you can think of for panic, for fear, for uh, um, whatever. But they're they're so anointed. These become, you know, this part of our weaponry. This is what we want to do. We want to begin to exercise our kingship and our priesthood. And we want we need to keep hitting upon what what that means. We don't just let the devil get away with stuff because he's not dying again. Jesus is not dying again to save the like he gave us the authority. Now we have to step into it and heaven is fully planning on helping us. So Lord, we just thank you for this time together. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would continue to be the teacher, even for those who've been listening. If there's in any, any way, anything that I, I shared that's not clear, Holy Spirit, would you be the teacher for them as well? And um, I just, I just thank you for how you are, uh, revealing your storyline to us, your sons and daughters, as never before on planet Earth. So we understand the magnitude, the height and the depth and the fullness of who you are, what you did. And it's why I continue to say that the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ, the fullness of who he is, who he was, who he is, what he's doing, and how this all goes into a, a, an amazing kingdom reveal. And at this time, when we feel the spirit of Antichrist lifted up as never before, this is a time where we have this unique opportunity to um, showcase an amazing God through his sons and daughters, to reveal you to powers and principalities as never before, to allow heaven, even as I'm saying this thing, I suddenly just hear like a shout and a roar from the throne room. Um, somebody come and tell us, somebody who's there right now, tell us later. A shout from the throne room is like, yes, come on, church. Come on, Ecclesia. Come on, sons and daughters of the Most High God. There is a participating together. The cloud of witnesses are, are invited to participate in this. All the angels get involved in this. The 24 elders, the living creatures, the cherubim, everybody gets to share in what God is going to do on planet Earth. And so we want to fully embrace this time this moment this opportunity so lord release your fire on your sons and daughters release your throne fire to your sons and daughters release your presence as never before and let unusual courage 
be manifested through your sons and daughters. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Johnny, I know we have restore7.org on the screen because if someone wants to learn more about the seven mountain mandate that you talk about, I know you've written a couple books. Um, is that where people would go to find more about the seven yeah. mountain mandate? Yes. So, and just briefly, the original book is the seven mountain prophecy, 2008. And so, um, and then the next book, the seven mountain mantle actually have Receiving the Joseph Anointing to Reform Nations. And um, I won't show you, most of our books we're out of right now. And I have five different books on it, but they're all progressive, progressive reveal. It was all revelation with no real practical outworking in the sense of it, 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 in 2008. But since then, I have uh, interacted with, and I continually every week interact with people in the tops of the mountains, particularly a lot in government and multiple nations. And so this is part of, the storyline that we've been continuing to follow is the goodness and the greatness of our God. It's the expanded understanding on the kingdom of God on earth. It's expanded understanding on, on earth as it is in heaven. So we really have to study and know what's going on in heaven. The Revelation 4, 5. We want to know that so we get a better idea what we're participating in. What storyline are we joining in? So we stop just listening to the voices of darkness. We stop listening to the spies with the spies report, the giants yeah. report, Goliath's mouth. And we begin to fall in line with our great king and and allow our, our own names to be in a, a new Hebrews 11 heroes of faith in the coming days. Amen. Well, you guys don't want to miss next Monday. Make sure you mark your calendars because we're going to continue this conversation. Johnny, we love you. We're so thankful to have you on and all the revelation you give to us. You guys also don't want to miss tomorrow. We're going to have Brian Simmons as my guest, and he's going to be answering a lot of controversial questions. So you do not want to miss tomorrow's episode. We love you guys so much. We bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.